connected. And um, I'll just do a quick review of the service so that those who are not around will come, you know, up to speed to know exactly what we're talking about. Last week, Pastor started a series called Rooted, and we took our core text from the book of Psalms 92. We're going to have a great time today. I'm excited. Psalm 92, verse 12, the Bible says, The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. From the King James Version, he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Hallelujah. Verse 13 is a core scripture. It says, those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall, bring, they shall still bring forth fruit in old age, and they shall be fat and flourishing. Hallelujah. So the Bible is talking to us about people who are planted in the house of God. Now, there are blessings for everyone, for all children of God, but there are special blessings for those who are planted. And that's what we are looking at today. Planted in the house of God. The Bible says they flourish. They are blossoming, ever shining, ever flourishing. This is a very important sermon, and I would like everybody to pay attention. Hallelujah. Praise God. You've come into the house. Welcome. You're streaming online. Do you only thing you can do now is to pay attention. Praise God. So it's not time to look at your phones. It's not time to sleep. Turn to your neighbor and say, this chair is not for sleeping. Amen. Praise God. So let's pay attention and let's get what God has for us today. So he says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. I'm sure everyone wants to flourish. I'm sure everyone here wants to live a flourishing life. A life that still brings forth fruit in the old age. A life that is fresh and flourishing. King James says fat and flourishing. I'm sure we all want to live this kind of life. True or false? I want to live this kind of life. So what is the secret? And those are the things we're going to be talking about today. Pastor started last week talking about this scripture. And he said the most important thing for us to enjoy, for us to enjoy the chiefest blessings of God is to be planted in, the God, in God's house. He went ahead to the book of Mark, Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18 talks about Jesus. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. And he said, the only thing that Jesus is doing in this day and age as spoken by himself in the Bible is to build his church. So we have to understand what really is the church. Pardon me. What really is the church and how is he building his church and how can we be rooted and planted in his church? We talked about the church being the ecclesia, the called out of God. This is just a recap of what we had last Sunday. Being the ecclesia, those who are called out to gather in a specific place to talk about state affairs and the affairs of the world. And pastor told us that the church is manifested on the earth in three ways in this generation and time. Number one, the universal church. That's talking about the general body of Christ in the whole world. Everybody, the Roman Catholic, the Greek Catholic, amen, the Methodist, the Pentecostal, everybody. We are all baptized into the universal body of Christ. Then we talked about number two, the local church. All right, that is your local assembly, the church in Wuse, the church in Sardis, the church where you are numbered, where you are planted. Nobody is planted in the universal body. We are all part of the universal body. But we have to be planted, rooted in our local assembly. Hallelujah. Then he also talked about the church being a building, the place where God places his name upon, a sanctuary where the people of God come to meet. Um, 
So that is, those, are the, those are the three manifestations of the church in this generation. Then we also talked about three things that God has established in the local church. Please follow. We have a long way to go. The first thing is authority structure. All right, wherever you find the church of our Lord Jesus Christ, you would always find what? An authority structure. All right, there's always a head. There's always a body. Hallelujah. So our response to authority is what? Honor. Those who are paying attention, put your hands together for yourself. Some people have used this uh, last week's sermon to eat about glory. You should go back to the word of God over and over again. I've listened to the sermon over and over again. How many of us were around on Wednesdays? Wednesday. Oh, I was so blessed by the panel. Were you? Oh, I'm so blessed. Praise God. Petra, you are blessed. Put your hands together for your pastors. I mean, they were tearing the word, breaking the word, you know, finally dividing the word of God. And I enjoyed Wednesday service. Thank you very much, pastors. I was blessed. I really was blessed, sincerely. Um, so, as I was saying, there's authority and our response to authority is what? Honor. You must behave yourself properly with honor in the house of God. Second thing um, the pastor said about three things that God has established in the local church is order. Authority produces structure and order. God always judges disorder. All right? So, and our response to order is what? Love. Our response to order is love. And finally, the third thing that God has established in the local church. And why are we teaching you these things? Because you are part of the local church. And Paul writing to Timothy said, you need to know how to conduct yourself in the house of God. You see, what happens many a times is that we stumble on what to do. Most times by observation, sometimes by accident. So you get born again, you come to this church and then you notice, okay, ah, they're wearing trousers in this church. Okay, let me wear trousers. Okay, in this church, they don't greet their pastors well. Okay, I don't greet my pastor well. In this church, they say we celebrate you. Okay, I celebrate you without really knowing what we are supposed to do. Sometimes it's by accident. Sometimes just by observation. You know, there are some places you go, you cannot open your hair. Praise God. But some of us don't know why. If, some, if they come to you and I ask you, hmm, like there's one guy on my Instagram, every time I go live, he will ask, ma, please, the Bible says women should not preach. Why are you preaching? Praise God. He, all, he was always the every of my life. He was sent to me. Glory to God. I blocked him. Danu, Danu. But you see, the truth is that a lot of us don't know why we do what we do in church. We don't even know why the local church. Some of us grew up. And for a long time, I was in that bracket. I just went to church because mommy said we should go to church. I didn't love the church. I didn't honor the church. I didn't discern the Lord's body aright. And that is why we are teaching these messages, that you may learn and know how to treat and how to conduct yourself in the body of Christ. This is important because how we treat the local church and how we relate with the local church really determines the output of our lives, okay? You need to understand this. No believer is destined. You cannot receive all, God's, all of God's fullness alone in your house. You need to be planted. You need to have a pastor. This is not trying to glorify the ministry of a pastor. It's like saying we have a country that doesn't have a head. There will always be something missing. Hallelujah. So God has designed the authority structure in the house of God, in his local church. And he says you need to know how to address these things, how to relate with the church. Praise God. So you cannot become all that God wants you to be in your house. Let's get that fact clear. 
You cannot be all of God, all that God wants you to be, worshipping in your house. There must first be a gathering. Okay? So, I said the third thing there is the grace and the commanded blessing. It's important. That's the third thing under the three things God has established in the local church. Grace and the commanded blessing. One of the biggest blessings of being in the house of God is to enjoy the commanded blessing. You see, every minister of God is ordained to bless the people. The job of the pastor, the job of the ministers, the job of even the music ministers is not for you to have more knowledge or feel good, but to bless. Someone say bless. That bless is what we call the commanded blessing. Many of you know this, that there's grace in this house. We say that often because it's a confession of reality and of faith. We have seen people, myself included, come into the house of God, and in a matter of months and weeks, our lives are checking change, taking shape. How many of us are a witness to this? I didn't cajole you. Did I give you money to raise up your hand? Those who have not raised up your hand, don't worry. Your life will change in Jesus' name for the better. So our job is to command the blessing. However, there is a way to connect with the commanded blessings. There are many who are in the house of God and the blessings are not taking a hold on their lives. Why? Because they are not connected. And pastor told us last year that the way to respond to grace and the commanded blessing is what? Stewardship. Our stewardship, our service in the house of God is our access Hallelujah. Our response and our access to the commanded blessings. And I'm going to be taking us further on this today. Amen. I'm excited. Are you excited? Turn your Bibles to the book of Exodus and let's take a ride in the word of God today. Some of us will be corrected. Some of us will be stirred up to do more. Some of us will be reproved, but we will be changed by God's word. Exodus chapter 23, a very beautiful portion of the scripture I love so dearly. Verse 25 says, And ye shall serve the Lord. Someone says, serve the Lord. If you have a biro, you can highlight it. If you use a digital device, highlight that word serve. Because the key to that verse is that word serve. You shall serve the Lord your God. And because of that, he shall bless you, bless thy bread and thy water. And we will take sickness away from the midst of thee. I want us to quickly look at that in the NIV. Hallelujah. Let's look at it in the NLT. Pardon me. Do we have the New Living Translation? Do we have the NLT? I have the NLT. I'll just read it for you. NLT says, you must serve only the Lord your God. In the NLT, there is a must in front talking about the importance and the non, I don't know if this is a word, negotiability of that. You cannot, it's a non-negotiable. It says you must serve God, only the Lord your God. It says if you do, and that's a conditional blessing. If you do, I will bless you with food and with water and I will protect you from illness. Hallelujah. So you see something that God is starting to, teach the children of Israel as they left Egypt on their way to the promised land. These were instructions he began to give them. And these were types and shadows for us to walk in. Remember, Jesus said, I did not come to, to annul the law and the prophets. I came to fulfill it. And this was one of the instructions that God gave them. You must 
serve only the Lord your God. And if you do, I will bless you with food, with water, and protect you from illness. Verse 26 says, there will be no miscarriage or infertility in your land. Talking about productivity in your body and in the works of your hands. And he says, I will give you long, full lives. Hallelujah. How many of us want to live long, full lives? I do. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, God has given us this key to enjoy this. Praise God. Now, it is important that you know that service is the way to greatness. Or let me rephrase that. People say service is the way to greatness. But I say service is greatness in the kingdom of God. Service is not the way. Every step you take in service is a step in greatness. Every step you take in service is a step in greatness. You are not headed towards greatness when you start serving. You are in greatness when you serve. I told, us, told them this is first service. The last time I gave my heart to Christ, after giving my heart to Christ and collecting it over and over, when I was younger, I was 20 years ago. And from that 20 years ago to today, I have always served the Lord. I have, I have not had a one-month break in serving the Lord. Why? Because I understand that the commanded blessings, the highest and the chiefest blessings of God, belongs to those who are called servants. Belong to those who are called servants. Those who serve the kingdom of God and who serve the purposes of his kingdom. You see, there are different ways to be great. Excuse me. There are different ways to be great. And pastor told us this last week. There's a world way to be prosperous. There are things you can do in the world that you become prosperous. True or false? But you see, it's only the prosperity of God that comes without sorrow. There are different ways to be great. But it's only, the, it's only the way God makes you great that there is blessing on your food, blessing on your water, without any sickness. There is no employee that pays that good. I read somewhere that kingdom service is the most, pay, most uh, beneficial service because it pays the most. In the whole wide world, whether you are working for multinational or local company, there is no one who pays like God. Hallelujah. And so we're going to be examining the depths of service. The importance of service. What is service? Why should I serve? And how do I serve? How do I order my life aright to be able to enjoy the cheapest, the best blessings of God? Everything in my life, I tell you and I kid not, everything in my life that is worth celebrating today came on the platform of service. Everything. Every single thing. Me walking in the fullness of God's call for my life. Me enjoying my life and my marriage. Me having every single thing I discovered when I started to serve. Prior to serving God, I knew who I was. I was a nobody going nowhere. Some people say they're a bomb going to blow. I wasn't blowing anything. Praise God. But when I encountered God and I encountered service in his house, my life started to take shape. It seemed as though the blessings and the prayers started to work in my life. And as I followed year on, year in, year out, what happened was my life became beautiful. I started to flourish. You see that scripture that we read earlier, Psalm 92? I am a picture of that man because I have served and I will keep serving the Lord. Therefore, I am fruitful. Hallelujah. And that can be your story. Praise God. So the secret, the secret to greatness in God, his kingdom, and in your life is what? Service. Let's look at a quick story. In the book of Mark chapter 20. And this is a very funny story. 
Mark, Matthew chapter 20. And let's look at from verse 20. Jesus was on the face of the earth and his time was about to, you know, to be taken away. Then he had 12 disciples, 12 very close disciples. We all know them. And two of them were brothers, James and John Zebedee. Hallelujah. They worked for their father's business and they were fishermen. If you read the story, you will see it there. They were fishermen and, you know, Jesus saw them and called them and they left their father's business and they started to serve the Lord. Now, of course, the mother was wondering, these are my two sons. They are working in, my, in their father's company. Everything is going well. And now they've left me to go and follow one man called Jesus. So in the secret, in the secret of the night, she called Jesus and said something. That's where I'm going to start reading from now. Verse 20. Then came to him, that's Jesus, the mother of Zebedee's children, with her son, worshipping him and desiring a certain thing of him. And he said unto her, what do you want? She said unto him, grant that these my two sons may sit, one on thy right hand and the other on the left in thy kingdom. What was she doing? She was lobbying for greatness. She was a typical African woman, amen, who wanted her sons to be great. So she thought that if she goes to meet Jesus in the middle of the night, worshipping him, begging him, rubbing his feet, massaging him, you know, just say, Jesus, Jesus, dance for him, sing for him. This two now, I beg. You know, you know how we do it here now? I beg now, you know? If she could give him like 2K, you know, or something. She just say, Jesus, you know? Thanks for your, thanks, yes, thanks for coming. You know, thanks for coming. You don't know thanks for coming. It's good. Don't know it in Jesus' name. Thanks for coming to the world. I should just, just slip him a package. And say, just put their name, number one and number two. Every other person, three, four, five. But just one left and right. What did she want? She wanted her sons to be glorious, powerful. She wanted her sons to be what? Great. And Jesus said a couple of things to them. And he said, verse 22, you don't know what you're asking for. Jesus didn't say it was impossible. But he asked, can you drink of this cup? He was asking them a question. It's not impossible to be great in God's kingdom. And we're going to see that as we read on. He says, do you know what you ask? You don't know what you ask. Are you able to drink of the cup that I drink of? To be baptized with the baptism I'm about to be baptized? He was talking about something important here. And she said, okay, they will drink and this, this, this. But verse 24 is where I'm going to. And when the ten heard of it, they were angry. The Bible says they were moved with indignation. You know, there's wrath, there's anger, and there's indignation. Indignation is where you, you, you just, you scatter everything. What's all this rubbish? Shame me too, we don't want to be great. How can you go? Me too, I have mommy. And you know, Peter too had mother, amen? You know, so there was a, there was a, it was a, an uproar. There was something going on here. And it was like against the two brethren. And Jesus called them and said unto him, called them unto him and said, you know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them. And they that are great exercise authority over them, upon them. But it shall not be so amongst you. Jesus was teaching them a lesson. Who, but whosoever will be great amongst you, let him be your minister. Whosoever must be chief amongst you, let him be your what? Servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered to, but to minister and to give his life as a ransom. Jesus taught us a huge lesson through that thing. In life, what are we all running for? What are we all striving for? Greatness in some sort of thing. One thing or the other, that my name be great. That my life be great. That my job be great. That everything I do be great. 
And some have, you know, missed the way trying to figure this out. But Jesus called his disciples and he said to them and he's saying to us today that anyone who wants to be something great in the kingdom must first be a servant. He says, the chiefest amongst you, the one who will go highest and farthest, that will be a shining star for the world to see, must be what? A servant. And that was what he was trying to explain to John and James's mother. You cannot lobby your way into greatness. You cannot worship your way into greatness. In God's kingdom, you serve your way into what? You serve your way into greatness. So service is the only way up in the kingdom of God. And you see, that is why it is important you must first gather. Because you cannot perform service unto God in your room alone. Those people who say, I'm the church all by myself. Well, we all know that you are not the church. You are a part of the church. Praise God. It's just like your leg saying, I'm the body. You tell your, your leg, no, you are not the body. You are part of what? The body. So the first and the most important thing in going up in this key to greatness is that you must first what, come and gather. Leave your room, amen? Leave your house. Leave all what you think and first gather. When you then start to gather, you take the next step in service. You take the next step in what? This is how we begin to enjoy the commanded blessing. This is how we begin to go up in the kingdom of God. The easiest way to go up, the easiest way to enter God's specific will for your life is through service. And Jesus showed us this. He came and he was a carpenter. But at some point, he laid down his life. Laid everything and served God to the uttermost and even to the death on the cross. Hallelujah. But the problem now is many of us want to be great. Many of us want to be relevant, if not all of us. But many of us do not want to serve. How then do we solve this problem? There's no way around it though. God is not going to rewrite the Bible for us. We must serve for us to be something and someone in the kingdom of God. Now, who is a servant? You can put this down. You see, the men of old, they served God. How many of us have read Hebrews 11? And we see the patriarch of faith. You see that all of them served God in their own generation. And God is waiting on you and I to serve him in our own generation. God is not going to jump down from heaven to do what he wants to do. That is why he puts you and I here to serve him and not just our purposes. I said this and I'm jumping the gun. Some, most of us are too self-centered. From morning to night, evening to day, prayer to prayer, all we think about is ourselves. We are self-absorbed, self-focused, self-centered. And while I prayed this morning, God spoke a word into my heart, and I trust that I will be able to get there in this service. Pastor Chica, the timer is not right. I pray that I'll be able to get there in this service. God wants us to move away from being self-centered, self-absorbed, to what? God-centered. And I'm trusting that this service, God is going to move us by his word and his spirit into the center of what he has for our lives. Hallelujah. So who is a servant? One who gives himself up to the will of another. And I want you to write that down. Please take notes in church. Please, it's important. You will not remember everything when you go back home. So take notes. One who gives himself to the will of another. Number two, he says someone who is devoted to another to disregard his own interests. So I have interests, but I put it aside to be devoted to another. 
Now, what is kingdom service? And that's the definition that you really need to get. Kingdom service is serving God and the interest of his kingdom as a lifestyle. The key word there is a lifestyle. Service is not what you do when you are in the mood or you are not in the mood. Service is not what you do when you come to church or where you go. It is a lifestyle. Meaning that you wake up in the morning, your consuming thought is, what am I going to do to advance God's kingdom? Not what am I going to do to get more money? The first and the most important thought in your heart, day in, day out, is kingdom advancement. So who is, what is kingdom service? It is serving God and the interest of his kingdom as a lifestyle. That is being committed to the growth, the expansion, and the, enlarge, the enlargement and the overall advancement of the kingdom of God on the face of the earth. Being committed to the expansion. Some, some say being committed to the expansion. Let's say together, enlargement and overall advancement of the kingdom of God on the face of the earth. So this is why we serve. The reason we serve God is to advance the kingdom of God. That is the reason. And God expects you and I to serve. We have been called servants of the Most High. We are not only sons, but we are sons and servants in service of the Lord. Look at Ephesians. Uh, let's look at Colossians chapter 4 quickly. And we see a servant of God who served God during his time. Look at this man called Epaphras. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 4 and verse 12, it says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluted you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers. Look at the word he used. He's one of you. That means a believer like you. Not tied to, amen? Look at what he says. A servant of Christ saluted you, always laboring, always laboring. One of the things you see with servants is that they are always laboring. For you in prayers, was he laboring in prayers for himself? Is it that he didn't have needs? He had needs. But if you remember the, the, the definition of a, of a servant that we said, one who disregards his own needs to serve another. He says, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. For I bear him record that he has great zeal for you. And for them that are in Laodicea. So upon that man's heart, when he woke up in the morning, his body was God. Let the people in this place stand perfect. He was laboring, serving God fervently in prayers for the churches. So service is not just coming to church and doing, come here, go like that as an usher. Or standing on the stage and just singing. Those are parts of serving. But you see, service has to be a lifestyle. It has to be a heart thing first before it shows in the physical parts of your life. Praise God. Praise God. It must show. It must show. Let's look at Jesus, the great servant, and see Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. We have a long way to go this morning. I'm trusting God that he will give us speed in Jesus' name. So Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, Taught it not robbery to be equal to, with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of what? A servant. You see that word there again. And was made in the likeness of men 
and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the death, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And because of that, God has highly exalted him. Hallelujah. So we see that the exaltation of Jesus came not just because he was born as a son, but because he served. Hallelujah. Jesus is our perfect example. The exaltation of God, the honor of God, the highest blessings of God only come on those who are serving the Lord. If you are too big to serve, you are too small to be great. If you are too big to serve God. And you see, the thing is that we all have excuses. Praise God. There are a thousand and one excuses I can give. Or I could have given in my 20-year journey serving the Lord. But you see, in Christianity and in the kingdom, there's no excuses. The kingdom of God is a no-excuse zone. What did I say? The kingdom of God is a no-excuse zone. That thing you are saying is the reason I'm not serving is somebody else has it and has it worse and is serving times two. You see, you need to understand this. The scriptures cannot be broken. God's word is true. God's word doesn't fail. The Bible says, let God be true and every man be a liar. Even your experiences can lie to you. Nobody can serve God wholeheartedly and not end up being blessed. It is impossible. He says that I, am, I will become unrighteous to forget your labor of love. Mark the words he said. God is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love. That is talking about service. That means God himself will become an unrighteous being if he sees your service, your sweat in this kingdom, and he passes it by. God can never do that, sir. Hallelujah. Are we together? So there is a blessing attached to this thing. And we're not just preaching this thing to you because we want you to join the workforce. No, sir. You see, the church was designed for the benefit of the Christian. The church of our Lord Jesus Christ. You need to understand that this church is not a church of a man. It's not a Yajani International Church. Praise God. It is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, I am building my church. And in the church are believers. And believers are meant to act accordingly to the laid down ground rules by Jesus in the word. And one of the major things he has said is that for you to access my, chief, my chiefest blessings, you must serve wholeheartedly. Praise God. Hallelujah. So service is not an option. It is not by, a by the way thing for us. We don't get redeemed to sit in church. We don't get saved to just warm the chairs. We don't just get saved for 10 years, 20 years, come here, what, and say, hey, man, praise God, hallelujah, what a good word, and go back home. No, sir. We get saved to serve. We get saved to push the kingdom. We get saved that God's church, the church of our Lord Jesus Christ, may be built. And I did tell you, there are men who are doing dangerous things in righteousness. There are men who, are, who have committed and are committing their all to this gospel. Don't you ever dare think that both of you are on the same level. Somebody once said, oh no, we are all children of God. God doesn't have standard. He loves me the way I am. God loves you the way you are. But it's those that love God. Uh -huh. Those are the ones that get the good blessings. 
And the ones that love God are the ones that serve him. You cannot tell me that somebody will give his entire time, energy, mind, and money to commit it to God's kingdom and God will turn his back to it. God, it, can't, it can't happen. And somebody will be warming the bench and expect that because I said amen and another person said amen, we'll receive. It's, not, it's not possible. This is why you see that certain people are always testifying. And some people will say, this is not working, Jerry. You know, there are people like that. That every testimony they see, uh, we know. Hallelujah. There was one testimony that, <laughs> oh my God, that day my head almost scattered. Praise God. This man had broken his leg. I think it was one of the atmosphere for miracles. Look at live services. And he had broken his leg. I know he couldn't walk and he was painful. And the man came. And he was saying, my leg is healed. My leg is healed. And the man, how many of us remember? And the man used that leg and started jumping. And you know, because sometimes your medical knowledge just comes. I say, God, this leg should not break. God, please. The man just joined. I said, Jesus, Jesus, don't embarrass your servant. <laughs> Even in the video, if you watch that video, the testimony video, you see me like this. <laughs> I mean, God is, God is moving in this house. Hallelujah. And you see, those blessings are reserved for the chiefest ones for servants. There's this scripture that I, came, I, I stumbled across, and I want to read it to you. I didn't read it in first service, but I want, you to, read, I want to read this to you. Zechariah chapter 10, verse 3. We'll start from 3 to 5, but I'm not taking it in the King James. I want us to see it in the message. Listen to this. God of the angel armies will step in and take care of his flock. The people of Judah, he will revive their spirits and make them proud to be on God's side. Hallelujah. God will use them. You see that word, use, that's for servants. This promise is for servants. It says God will use them in his work of rebuilding. He will use them as foundations and pillars. He will use them as tools and instruments. Use them to oversee what? His work. There will be a workforce to be proud of. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Walking as one, their heads held high, striding through the swamps and the mud, courageous and vigorous, because God is with them, undeterred by the world's tongues. Hallelujah! That's such a strong scripture. These scriptures are reserved for servants of the Lord. He says they will be proud. You see, when pastor told us something on Sunday, last Sunday, he said those who were in the ecclesia, they were the ones whose chains were up in the society. Because they knew that they were the ones that were separated. That is the church, sir. The church is not one beggarly man. You know, they used to say as poor as the church church, but they don't say that anymore. Hallelujah. Because that brat is very rich now. Amen. The Christian is not the church rat who is putting his head down and you cannot. No, sir. I am a servant of the most high, the monarch of the universe. Not only is he my father, he's my boss. And he's the boss that pays well, sir. He is the highest paying boss. I can tell you that free of charge. But the Bible has said it before. Before I charge you. Amen. There will be a workforce to be proud of. This is God speaking about his people. He says, I will take care of them. Look at it. I will step in. I will take care of them. The people of Judah, I will revive their spirits. They make them proud to be on my side. God will use them in his work. God is looking for men and women to be used. You have to get off this proud horse and say, I'm too busy for God. You have to get off it and take the humble horse, sir. The Bible says Jesus humbled himself. 
And it's the temptation you and I would always face for the rest of our lives. Some of us are thinking, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough is a form of pride in low self-esteem. Low self-esteem is pride too. Because it's yourself that doesn't have esteem. Not God. So at the end of the day, you are over-magnifying yourself. Some is just to this scale, like this, another to this one. If you are too big to serve, brothers and sisters, you are too small to be great. So keep serving the Lord and see him keep lifting you. You see, when I met my husband, the, the fire to serve God was too palpable. But the problems in his life and around him were too many. He, you know, he, was, he came from you know, nothing, practically. But you see, this thing is not just, you know, what that they say. It's an experience for me. Living with him, seeing him, you know, being with him for over 16 years of my life. And seeing how God can take a nobody from nowhere in no man's land. And amplify his voice steadily, year in, year out. No helper anywhere except God. No sponsor anywhere except God. And the only thing he had was a heart panting for God, God's kingdom, and a sacrificed life on the altar. Whatever you say, Lord, I will do. Pastor, it's not news to us that pastor has told us that he never wanted to pastor. And we'll still get there. You must serve God in what he wants you to do. You cannot come and say, say, no, God has called me to come and pastor, but no, I want to be an usher. You are not saving. Service is not disobedience, sir. They are not alike. I said this recently that, you see, half obedience is worse than obedience, than disobedience, pardon me. If you are going to disobey, don't disobey. Let's be praying for your soul. Not that you'll be doing camouflage obedience. God said, do this, you do that. He never wanted to pastor. But in the place of prayer, God said, I need you to pastor. Because there are people that are called out and it is your voice I will use to reach them. He said you always just wanted to write. E efficacy of the pen ministries. He still told us last week. Amen. When I met him, all his books were EPM, EPM. I said, ah, it's our senior brother in school, so we just bless God for him. But he went to God. And in serving God, God said no. We must learn to humble ourselves. You see, God will lift you. There is something that's called the lifting hand of God. The Bible says it takes the beggar from the donkey. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. You can't be worse than a beggar in a donkey. Hear me, you cannot be worse. For some of you, you people are receiving your letter for ministry. I can see it in the realm of spirit. Ministry doesn't mean all of us went that full time, Amen. But those who are full-time, they are receiving their letter. I just saw it by the realm of the, the eyes of the spirit. God is expecting you to serve him. And the first place to serve is the local church. You cannot run away from it. You cannot say, I'm serving God in my parlor. Glory. My wife is the usher. I'm the pastor. My, child, my first son is the drummer. The second daughter is the worship minister. And we have service. I say, we have served the Lord our God. Now he will bless us. Lie. Any service you are doing that is not rooted in a local church, local church first, that is given to the expansion of the kingdom of God, is not service. Amen. Are we being blessed this morning? So the local church is your family. Turn to your neighbor and say, the local church is your family. That is your spiritual family, which your, and the address is your spiritual address. 
Bible told us in the book of um, Revelation chapter 2 verse 1, I can put it in the script, on the screen, that Jesus is walking in the midst of the golden candlesticks, the midst of the churches. There is a place where your name is written, sir. And in that place is your local assembly, that is your family. And in that family, you have what? Respons responsibilities. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus. You see, a specific church. Write this thing, saith he, who holdeth the seven stars. We know that those are the, the, the angels, the pastors over the house. The seven stars in his right hand. Who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candle, candlesticks. And we know, if you keep reading it, you'll see that the golden candlesticks represent the churches. Hallelujah. So there's a place where your, your name is. They take roll call. God is not looking for Timmy in Sadi's church when he knows that it's in Ephesians church. Your name, your blessing has an address on it. And it is delivered, your package is delivered in your local church. Your destiny package is delivered where? Local church. And you don't know the day they will deliver your package. Jumia says three to five working days. But we all know it's like two months. But one day they deliver. Same with God. He is delivering your package. You don't know whether it's first service or second service or midweek service. You, you only come for online service. Amen. Amen. Online service, if you are in town, is not for you. You must gather and fellowship with the brethren. Amen. But the local church is your family. This is your spiritual family. And one key thing about families in family, but we are responsibilities. Amen. With a little bit of fun, eh? Amen. Glory to God. I just spoke in tongues for those who don't understand it. But I will interpret in English for you. In our local, in our family, we all have responsibilities. Amen. Tongues and interpretations. I'm growing. I said this earlier. That in your own father's house, where you are coming from, maybe you are from Ogbomosho, you are from Newi. When you go home to village, is there a workforce? So when your mother wants to cook, you say, oh, sorry, I've not joined the workforce. <laughs> you now just sit down and chill and watch TV, amen? While your mother is doing, what would they say? You are not a, you are, short of calling the person a bastard, you are not a child. You are not a son in the house. If the local church is your family, you have no right to sit down and just be watching film. Or you have a child. You, you see, I told them in first service that my children are already part of the workforce in my own household. Four years old. Go upstairs. Go to my room. In the cupboard, you will see a biro. Under the biro, you will see a pen. Under the pen, you will see something. Go and bring it. It is part of your responsibilities. See, I don't cajole my children to say, son, now you are of age. What do you think? When I send you, will you go? Mommy, I still need to grow a bit, mom, you know. I'm really stressed. You know, primary four is so hard. And, you know, so emotionally, you know. Have you seen LCM, mom? LCM is so difficult. Like, how do I do the L? Oh, mommy, I'm, I'm busy now. I can't, I can't take the Ngbati. It is a training. Go and bring you the remotes. It's a, it's, a it's, it's a training. So you can't come into the house of God and not have training. That's why we're training us. Amen. So me telling you about service, I'm not trying to cajole you brothers and sisters. 
This is the order. You become saved. You join the war. You join the army. All of us now go together to bring more to become saved. Then more will fill the church. Praise God. And then they too will now join us. The next time we are going out, it's like pyramid scheme. But this one, we are reaching heaven. <laughs> heaven is the goal. So the goal is never for us to have one church that is static. The same people coming every day. The same people warming the benches. No, 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 no. We are all to come, be blessed, sign up, go out, bring more. That's the goal. And the more, and the more, till there's no more sinner on the road. Till there's no more sinner on the road. Till we can go out on Friday nights on Atejo Kumbo and there's nobody wearing short skirts. I was shocked the day I saw it. I don't go out at night. I went to drop my friend at, uh, um, he came out of town, my husband and I, I went to drop him at his hotel. And we just started seeing ladies. You know, I was so shocked when I started seeing ladies on the road. I said, baby, 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 she needs help. She needs help. But ah, it was one person. And I saw two. And I saw three. I said, no, uh, it's an association. It's a, it's a confederacy. Our goal is those people. Our goal is not for you to get, keep getting blessed and be getting fat in the Lord. Ask yourself, am I useful to God? You see, ask yourself, God, if, if they should remove you from this local assembly, who will feel it? If they should remove you from your local assembly now, will I feel it? Would the person seated beside you feel it? That's how you should ask yourself. I told them this story in first service, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm jumping the gun. But there was this story, my God, blew my socks off. True story. True story. There was a young woman and... A woman who used to sweep the church. Her service to God in his local church, in her local church, was, set, was sweeping. True story. And so, she comes before service sweeps, after service sweeps. Hallelujah. And then one day she had, she was on her way to church in a commercial vehicle, and she had an accident. The car had an accident. It was a ghastly motor accident, and everybody in the car died except her. They said they don't know how she and her purse were seated on the side of the road, untouched, unharmed. But that wasn't even the miracle. That wasn't even the greater part. That was the miracle. But you know, they came, now to, came to meet the pastor. Somebody came to tell the pastor, that pastor, pastor, come and see you, sister, so, so, and so, had an accident, and everybody in the car died. And she was the only one alive. The pastor was not even shocked. He said, ah, before uncle, who will sweep God's church? Who will sweep the church? That she cannot die because she has to sweep the church. In heaven, they recognize that too. Because God too has made everything. I say, ah, if she dies, before I get Brother Jerry to sweep, it's a long time. <laughs> and for people to be saved, the church has to be neat. Amen? Her insurance for her life, her card was service. You will see that. You will see that. One of the greatest things about service is the blessing. How that when the blessing shows up, when the devil comes, he will drown inside. You know how water can be so big that when you pour a drop of something or even the whole bucket of something, it doesn't show. Do you understand? That's how big the blessing of God is. So I'm asking you this. You must be working, sir. If I am taken from this local assembly, if this is your local assembly where you are planted and rooted, will everything, anything shift? There are some people, my God, that they had to travel out of, out of the country. I'm remembering them. I don't want to mention names. 
And when they left, everything was destabilized. Nothing was, because those people had become pillars. Remember what we said? God said, I want to make them my foundation. In um, Zechariah 10, he says, I will use them as foundation. I will use them as pillars. I will use them as tools. Some people have become pillars. Pillars. Meanwhile, some people jackpot. The moment they jackpot, as you go, you go. But you need to make up your mind, what kind of believer are you going to be? Hallelujah. So play your part in God's house and do something. Tell your neighbor, play your part. Do something. This is your father's house. So ask yourself, am I relevant to God's kingdom? Am I serving? Am I doing something for the Lord? Or am I coming to take, take, take every Sunday? We all know this. That the girlfriend who is always collecting will soon be served what? Breakfast. Five benefits of kingdom service. Kingdom service, like I said, is the most profitable venture in the entire world. As it doesn't only pay, but it pays the most and it pays the best. Five benefits of kingdom service, and we're going to run through this. Number one, write it boldly in your notes, a sorrow-free life. Someone say a sorrow-free life. Look at Exodus chapter 23. We've read it before, but we're going to read it again. It says, and you shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread and thy water. That word bless means a sorrow-free life. When God says bless, it means anything that is called the curse, anything that is called sorrow cannot stay. It will come, but it cannot what? Stay. It cannot latch. All right? We see that in the story of um, the children of Israel and the prophet who wanted to curse the people. As every time he wanted to curse, the Bible says a blessing came out. You cannot curse a man who God has blessed. And the Bible says, I will bless you when you do what serve. One of the reasons we have a lot of mishaps in our lives is because you are not rooted, sir. You are not rooted. Grounded. There's still the how-to, which we'll talk about in subsequent services. But you need to be what? In God's serving. So bless means a sorrow-free life. It brings the blessing immunes you to all kinds of sorrows. To be, it means that you are uncursable. Look at Proverbs, 11, Proverbs 10. I love this scripture. These are scriptures you meditate on when you start serving the Lord. It says, the blessing, we are still talking about the blessing, of the Lord, it makes it rich. And he adds no sorrow with it. So when you serve, you are entitled to the blessing. And because you are entitled to the blessing, you have no sorrow in your life. The blessing rests on only those who serve. It rests irrevocably. Hallelujah. The flood of the blessing of God. It will swallow every mishap. It will swallow it up. Second thing is supernatural supplies and provisions. Turn your Bibles to Job. Turn your Bibles with me to Job chapter 36. And I want you to mark the scriptures down. Because you need to stay in the scriptures to get the fullness of all God has for you in service. Job chapter 36 verse 11. It says, if they obey and serve me, they shall serve, spend their days in. Ooh, I love that. 
Some people enjoy their days in poverty, not me. Amen? There are some people who take pleasure and delight in poverty. They do competition. Who never chop first? Not me. My competition is, have you tried that? Alabadun. <laughs> Glory. Glory. The Bible says when you are eating, and what? Full. You will praise the Lord. Praising the Lord well requires good food. And God has supplied it. He says, if they obey and serve him, they shall set, spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. Who told you God doesn't want you to have a good life? Who? That's a life from the pit of hell. You see, you have to get comfortable. And this is a side note. You have to get comfortable with knowing that God wants you well. Not just well, super well. Not just super well, super abundantly well. God wants you to command resources. He is not afraid of it. There was a man called Abraham. He was so rich. So rich. He had some sons and those boys were mega rich. And they still served the Lord. Riches, prosperity is not either or. It is both of them together. And serving God, prosperity and serving God is together. It's a part of the package. But you see, God has given you this so that you can do what? Serve, serve. Service is your access to supernatural supplies and provisions. I wrote here that serving God entitles you to supernatural supplies, which delivers you from begging and lack. Man, I saw the first service, nobody would ever hear me beg for money. From now to the day that I die, I will never stand and look into any man's eyes and ask for money. I serve a living God. I will not walk to any man, not me or my generations, because the blessing of God, we're going to see it, is from generation to generation. My children will not lack bread. My children will never look to one uncle and say, uncle, please, mommy is not around. Give me scoofies. Never. I have that confidence and that assurance because God wants, God's word says it. He says they will serve me, they will obey me, they will serve me, they will spend their days in prosperity. My days must be spent in prosperity. My children will enjoy it. And they are years in pleasure. Hallelujah. Verse 12 says, but if they obey not, then they will perish by the sword and they shall die without knowledge. Someone say, I choose to serve. Verse 3, sorry, number 3. Generational blessings. We are talking about the benefits of service. Generational blessings, protection, and long life. Look at Psalm 112. These scriptures, write it down. Hey, these are the scriptures I feed on. You know, when you're just by yourself, and instead of, you know, surfing the internet, this is what I do. You know, I just open these scriptures and I just read them and my soul just rejoices in them. My soul sees them. I declare them out of their mind because these are my realities. It says, praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord. Delights greatly in his commandments and his commandment is to serve him. He says his seed, that's his descendants, his offspring, will be mighty upon the earth. He says the generation of the upright shall be blessed. So that, that blessing moves from you to your children to your children's children. And I'm sure some of us knew people, know people like this. That small thing, favor they come. You, all of us go and apply for something. All of us are writing exams. All, all of us are doing something. But there are certain people that without effort, 
they get it. How many of us know people like that? But for some people, it's hard. They have, I almost get their syndrome. I want to tell you the truth. People like that, that always getting the blessing, check it. Their fathers were workers. Their fathers were missionaries. Their fathers were servants of the Lord. You see, the blessing of God, the blessings of service, ensures you and your generations. Let me ask you, what are you laying up for your children? Or your children will come and they'll be struggling like you. God forbid. My, see, Joshua said, as for me and my household, we will serve well, this Lord. Because they understood that there is a chief blessing on serving the Lord. Exodus um, 23, I've, I've read that again, but I just want us to see that one more time quickly. Verse 26, look at what it says. When you, bless, when you serve the Lord, verse 26, it says, None shall cast their young. So your children are not even allowed to die. None shall be barren. And he says, and I will fulfill what? The number of your days. You cannot serve God and be barren. Children are God's heritage. We need that the heritage that God leaves on the face of the earth are children. And he blesses those with children that serve him. So serving the Lord secures your posterity. It procures your longevity, vitality. Look at the Bible. The Bible says in the book of um, Deuteronomy 34 verse 7 that Moses was 120 and his eyes were not dim. His strength was unabated. He served the Lord. Look at Abraham and Sarah. In their old age, what happened? They bear children. Trusting the Lord. Hallelujah. Is somebody blessed today? Number four, and I love this. Supernatural joy. Someone say supernatural joy. When we are on the go serving the interests of the kingdom, we always return with joy. How many of us here have won a soul and because you won a soul, there was such a big joy in your heart? How many of us have experienced that? There's always something, you know, there's always this joy. It's not forced that comes upon your soul when you move things for the kingdom of God. And you know, the thing about joy, the secret to joy is that joy is the sickle that brings in what? The harvest. The Bible says it is with joy you draw from the wells of salvation. So there is a way for you to draw called what? Joy. But joy is a byproduct of your kingdom service. I told them this story in first service. That last year in conference, you know, the house of God was being, you know, we had just moved here recently. Nothing, everything was out of place. So I decided, Lord, I'm going to save you my time with my money and I'm going to ensure that everything works out right. I was, people who remember that I was sweeping the floor, cleaning, I was carpentering, sewing, anything doable, hanging, I was doing it. And after everything was done and the stage was set, it wasn't this beautiful, it was beautiful in its own time, amen? <laughs> you know, I stood back. And you know when services started, and you know Pastor Nathaniel came, and the stage, and everything was beautiful, and people were being blessed. I stood back, and I just said, Father, I thank you. There was such a joy in my heart that I could be a part of his kingdom. I had given my resources. I had given my time. I had given my strength. And I just stood back, and there was such a huge joy in my heart to see that God's kingdom was being fulfilled, and I had a part to play. There was just a joy. And immediately with that joy, I just remembered the word. I started calling in my harvest. Father, I thank you. For as I have served, as I have given unto you, it is giving back unto me good measures. Pressed down, shaking together, running over. Hallelujah. And you see, you begin to see the hand of God in your life. You see, begin to see the hand of God in your life. 
Recently, God instructed me to do some givings. And when I did those givings, it was quite pinching on the flesh. But when I started to see the givings in the lives of people, there was a natural joy. You see, this joy is not forced. See, the reason why some people are depressed is because they are not kingdom-minded. You cannot walk up joy. You see, you can do happiness by going out, but when you come back, you'll be depressed again. You can do happiness by having a few drinks with your friends and cocktails and canapes, amen? And getting dressed and getting yourself the phone. But at the end of the day, when you lie back at your bed, is there joy and fulfillment in your soul? I serve the Lord with my heart, with my soul, with all that I have, with my money, my kulele, glory to God. And every night I go to bed, there's not one thing missing. If there is, I talk to the Lord about it. But it's joy. True joy. And true joy is how you get the harvest. So you see, these blessings of God, they say how to. You, don't, you see, the thing with God is that it's not, it's, not, it's not magical. You can walk with God step by step and enjoy the benefits. You don't, don't be like James and John's mother. Go and be crying and be worshipping him and say, God, see me as I did. See me as I did. Don't pass me, gentle Savior. There are things you can do to draw the commanded blessing into your life. Supernatural joy. One of the benefits of service. Hallelujah. Some of you, you just pray two minutes, ten minutes. Ooh, ah, I have joy. Ooh, it's fake. It's not always fake, amen? So stop focusing on you and focus on God. You will cure depression. Look at Luke chapter 10. I want to give us scriptural references so you can go back. The reason we're giving scriptural references is that you go back and look into the word yourself. And the Bible says, Luke 10, 17, and the 70 returned again with joy. He had sent them out to cast out demons, to work for the Lord. The Bible says they returned with what? Joy. Joy in their hearts. Hallelujah. So stop focusing on yourself. Joel 1 and 12 says the fig tree dries up. Everything in life dries up when there is no joy. And Isaiah 12 verse 3 says it is with joy you withdraw. Finally, under the benefits of service is all round favor. Somebody shout, all round favor! How many of you were at that watchman prayer hour on Friday? My God. My Jesus. Ah, Favor has rested. As I walk, I'm favored. One of the easiest and cheapest way for you to put on the garment of favor is to serve the Lord. Look at Psalms chapter 19, verse 16. It says, let, the, let thy work appear unto thy servants. Unto who? Unto who? Servants are those who are working in service. Don't claim this scripture if you're not serving. I am serving the living God, amen. It's not song. Is in like this. Thy work shall appear unto thy servants and thy glory unto thy children. Look at it again. He is the God that blesses generations. Let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us and establish thou the works of our and establish thou the work of our hands upon us. Yes. The works of our hands established out it. This blessing is reserved for servants. Favor, which is the beauty of God on your life, is reserved for who? Servants. Hallelujah. So all round favor. Quickly, I'll run through seven vital keys on how to serve God. Number one, 
You must serve God in soul winning. Write it down, please. Evangelism and publicity. Now, this is the foundation of service. Meaning that anybody who is serving in the house of the Lord, who doesn't have this foundation, your service is shaky. You cannot come to church and say, I'm just an usher, and you are not winning souls. You cannot come to church and be singing and say, I'm serving God, but you are not winning souls actively. You see, the will of God is that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of God. God is building his church. That is the number one priority of heaven. So any service that does not include you winning souls, it is not well-founded. Soul winning prayer, those two things, intercession, when all your prayers are not self-centered, but God focus and the world focus. Jesus said, pray ye the Lord of the harvest, that he might send forth laborers into the harvest. So number one is soul winning and in, uh, intercession. I know that I've, I've said, I've called it three things. Soul winning, evangelism, and publicity. And they're different things. Soul winning, you win a soul. Evangelism, you evangelize to the world. And uh, publicity, you tell men about Jesus. Some of us are here. Jesus has never appeared on our status before. WhatsApp status, they can never see Jesus. They will see football. They will see your shoe. They will see your clothes. They will see your dollars for some of us. Amen. They will see your hair. You now do like this and do like this. All right? God is good all the time. They see everything else, but nobody can tell if you are saved. Your next door neighbor doesn't know if you're a Christian. I'm sure there are many of us here. Your next door neighbor, because you don't greet them, you don't invite them to church, you don't preach. You see, the foundation of our service is to proclaim the gospel. Jesus called us. And I want you to say something, oh. You know, Jesus said something so profound. He said, those who put their hands on the plow and look back, he says they are not fit for the kingdom. I read that scripture and my heart caught. God is actually expecting you and I to put our hands on this plow. He's expecting it. Look at Luke chapter 4, verse 20, 14, verse 23. Please write it down. And the Lord said unto his servants, look at these servants, go unto the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be what? Filled. So God wants his house filled. And I said that earlier, our competition is the world, not other people's churches. Go out there and bring them in. So number one way we serve is in soul winning, evangelism and publicity, which is fueled by prayers. Hallelujah. This is the foundation of service. It is the beginning. All of us must be found doing this. All must be found in this. Look at Romans chapter 1 verse 16. It says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. Some of us are ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Push out your church. Where God is blessing you, push out your church. Push out the gospel. Push out Jesus. Hallelujah. Number two, you serve God with your time and your availability. Write it down. Anyone that must serve God must be available for God. Don't be too busy for God. Don't be too, turn to your neighbor and say, Pastor said I should tell you. Don't be too busy for God. Stop making excuses. You see, and I like to tell this to women a lot. That child that God has given you is not the reason for you not to serve. 
God will not give you a burden. It's a blessing. Why didn't you come? Oh, I'm pregnant. So? We give God the praise. Why did you come? Oh, my son didn't wake up early. Some of you, you marry and then go, your name in the attendance just disappear. What happened? You know married life now. It's not easy. Oh, no. I must serve my king. <laughs> my husband has to eat fresh food every morning. You know, and Sunday is... Your service is your insurance package. Isaiah 6, verse 8. says, also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? God is looking for whom to send. Whom shall I send? Whom will go for us? Then I said, here I am, send me. Can God call your number and you answer? Everything is important apart from the work of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, this is not a message of condemnation. This is a message to rise in greatness. Don't be too busy for God. Please make time. Number three, serve God with your money. Write it in capital letter. And your risk. I don't, I'm not shy to talk about money. And I say it very clearly with my full chest. Anybody who believes that uh, we are chopping money in this house does not know anything. I give in thousands, tens of thousands, and in millions steadily. And it will be a disservice for me that God is blessing me like this not to tell you the truth. Your pastor is a heavy giver. Now we suffer. Now we enjoy him. <laughs> there was a time in my life, side notes, I did not understand my husband. I said, God. He said, the Lord just spoke to me. We are going to give this guy. I said, Jesus. Yes, Lord. The Lord just spoke to me. We are going to leave everything and go. I said, Jesus. Yes, Lord. The Lord just spoke to me. I said, hey. One day I called him. I said, why is our own heart, my husband? Why? Why? All these other pastors, they are still driving their car. Why is my own car gone? There was one time God told us to give car. And you know when I gave, I was, you know, just, I didn't understand the principle of seed, time, and harvest. So I was excited ah, as we give. Ah, brethren will just snow. And give, eh, brethren will drive their car. Cool. They will see us and say, Pastor, where the? I said, Jesus. And that's when I learned that where you sow, it's not where you reap. God is my source. But that we are not giving is a lie. Ah, right now, oh my God, my husband is blessed. I'm blessed. Everywhere, everywhere. Some people followed us to some meeting. Everywhere, money is chasing my husband. As in, it is not a joke. I heard one man of God say that I'm a money magnet. I have seen it. That there was someone, not one, plenty of people. We had to go and open, oh, I shouldn't say all these things. International accounts, because the international forex is, is, is much. I heard Jerry Savell say it one time, and I didn't believe it. That he said that God was blessing him so much, he had to tell God, stop, is enough. He said he was so rich. He said, God, this blessing is too much. Go and bless somebody else. I thought it was a joke. You know that time when, you know, poverty and prosperity, they're still mixing together. One has not gone. The other, you know, it's like light is still... Sh sh I said, oh, my God, my bless me. Oh. But I can understand when God is said he would take care of you. Ay, 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 ay. But, Omo, you must give. 
Don't let, see, don't let anybody, your money, oh God. See, I don't need your money. See, this ministry is a kingdom advancing ministry. You saw it, we prayed earlier. We are going to Lagos today. It's millions of millions. We have flown people to Lagos. We have bought instruments for them. We have paid the venue. This same church, oh, hallelujah. Paid their venue. They, they are pastors. There are people that are serving millions upon millions. So your money is working for God. Two weeks time, we are going to, to, to wear Port Harcourt. The same thing. Money is going steadily. So when you give in this house, trust me, sir, it's not last week is buying. Amen? I'm telling you, you are investing into the kingdom. And any man who invests into the kingdom, the kingdom will bless him. So don't think you are doing pastor a favor by giving. No, sir. You are, you are, see, you are crediting your heavenly account. But God said it. Don't put your money where rot and moss can eat. Put your money in the kingdom. Now only kingdom, they give 100% returns, though. Hey, God, have you heard of 100-fold return? 30, 60, and 100. One day I was, I'm a funny person when I talk to God. I sat down with God. I said, God, so if I give this 2K now, 2K times 100, that's what I would get. I said, wow. I was doing business with God. The evil side of me. But I tell you, there's no other place. Some of us are now serving more. And I say this every time. I'm not ashamed. The love of money is the problem of this world. You see, the, we are Christians, but the world needs to leave us. We are living for money. We are surviving all our prayers. Money, money, money. I said this in first service, that somebody came to meet me and said, I'll be rich till I die is a positive confession. I said, God forbid. I will save God till I die. Money is not my goal in life. I will, did you see what the Bible says? It says, if you obey and save, you will enjoy. But to now start chasing money, no, sir. Luke chapter 8. Serve God with your resources. Turn to your neighbor. Serve God with your what? Resources. A.K.A. money. Look at this scripture. This scripture, every time I read it, it blesses me so much. It says, and there were certain women, 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 this is for you, which had been healed of evil spirits, infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, of, out of whom went seven demons, Johanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod, Stewards, and Susanna, and many others, which ministered unto him of their what? Substance. That substance is also called money. Verse 3, look at what it says. And these women were helping to support them out of their own means. I said this earlier in the first service, that there was a time when all the givings of our family was family money, because we have quite a good financial system in our family. We have his money, my money, and our money. So most of the time when we gave, it was our money. And I was happy because, you know, there was something I was giving. But it got to a time where I said, Lord, I want to give my own money. His own money he will give. Our mo my own. And I've gotten to that place where comfortably, I was so happy when, you know, they called the giving project last week and I could give heavily from my money. My husband came to me and said, ah, you're not a big girl. I said, ah, why? He said, ah, you gave, you didn't even tell me. Ah. Oh, can I, God, God cannot do, doesn't exist. <laughs> I was happy. I gave that offering, uh, that, I was happy. Oh, 
Oh my God. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Are you blessed? Don't confess it if you don't give. Confess it. Don't worry. You, you bless you, you will give in Jesus' name. So these women supported Jesus' ministry. Don't consume on your earnings on yourself. You see, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. It's not that where your heart is, is where your treasure is. No, sir. Don't say, Lord, I give myself away and your money is not there. No. Go and check your bank statements. See where your money is going. For some, their God is their belly. Amen? Their God is where their belly. Is belly. For some, is makeup. For some, is car. And I said this in first service. God forbid that there be a money that is staring me in my eyes and the money is saying, don't give God. It's me and you. No. Money already knows that with me. Anything that's already doing me like this to give, ah, you are for seed. My prayer is, God, show me where to sow the seed. Any money, any million, million that is looking at me like this, I say, ah, now you have money. Ah, let's miss Sunday service and go for chills on the beach. I say, you, you are for seed. You are not my own because my own money cannot tell me that. We save God and use money. We don't save money and use God. So where do you start? Your tithes, foundation, your offerings, your prophet offerings. Anyone who blesses you is in the Bible. Communicate to them the things in your pockets. They sing a song. Don't just celebrate grace, glory. Let the grace have a digit. Amen. Special seeds to build God's houses. Give to the needy in the house of God. But you must go. Give to further the kingdom of God. Very important. We're in a giving project right now. Don't sit on the fence. Give. We are building the house of God. Give. That is one way you serve. Amen. Matthew 6, 22, 21, 26, you can read it. Number four, and I'm going to rush through four, five, six. Serve God with your talents, abilities, and your skills. All right? Romans 1, 15, Paul said, as much as is in me, I'm ready to serve. Hallelujah. So serve God with your ta talents. Some of you are good at media. Some of you are good at decoration. You see how things are not right. Serve God with your skills. God has blessed you with that talent for you to bless his house with it. All right? So love the Lord with all your strength. Number five, serve God under established authority and under somebody. You don't serve God and say, I'm serving God, but I, I, I'm not going to be obedient to my team lead. No, sir. I'm not going to be obedient to my team lead or my HOD. No, sir. You serve God under constituted authority. How you serve is as important as where you serve. Amen. So serve under established authority. Serve with honor and don't break ranks. Number six, serve where you are now. Say, serve where you are now. Don't wait. Now is the perfect time, not tomorrow. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 4, he who looks at the wind to sow will eventually not sow, and therefore you will not reap. So don't look at the perfect timing. Now is the perfect time. It's not when I have a job or when I have a car. It's not when I'm free or when I'm, when I'm less busy. Now is the time to serve. Hallelujah. You can make a mark for God right now where you are through your service. So ask yourself, how am I making a mark for God in my service? I'm standing in the fullness of God's call on my life and I'm making a mark for God. You can do the same too. Hallelujah. Number seven and finally, serve where God wants you to serve. I said that already, so I'm not going to uh, um, uh, talk so much about, uh, about that. Align yourself to God's divine plan. Don't hide in the bushes. Don't be a Gideon. 
hiding behind. Hallelujah. The Gideon in the Bible, not the one in our church. Amen. Hiding the behind. When God says, you are a mighty man, go and fight. Pressing the, the vines when God wanted him at the front. And don't be at the front when God wants you to be at the back. Amen. Serve per time where God wants you to. Hallelujah. Is somebody being blessed? Is somebody being blessed? Service indeed is greatness. Every step in service is a step in greatness. Now I said that while I was praying this morning, God spoke this words to my heart and I'm just going to read it out to you. And this was what God's word to me this morning. He said, um, to love me is to go the extra mile for me in service for my kingdom and doing it with a willing heart and a passionate soul. No man can get the best out of me, God, by sitting on the fringes. It is my plan and my will to bless all my children to the uttermost. But unfortunately, many will never walk in the fullness of what I have for them. He says, many will never walk in the fullness of what I have for them because they are self-centered and not God-centered. Today, I want my children to break the hold of being self-centered, to being God, me-centered, God-centered. And it starts from a walk with me, but it doesn't end there. There must be progress in the things of the kingdom through your kingdom service and kingdom advancement. It must be a lifestyle. It must be a mindset that is unshakable and pervades every thought of their hearts. I've said in my word, put me first, not yourself first. Not your needs, not your wants, not your troubles, but me. Seek me first. Seek me first with your whole heart, and I'll meet, your, and I'll meet all your dreams and desires beyond your wildest dreams and imagination. This is the word of the Lord. I remember the scripture, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, and the Amplified says, And now, uh, now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and to do superabundantly more than we, more than all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, and dreams, according to his power that works in us. God wants to meet your dreams. God wants you to be great. God wants you to be what? Great. But it starts with you being rooted in the house of God. Your relationship with God, being rooted in the local assembly, and committing your life, your entire life, to service to God and his kingdom. Please rise on your feet as we begin to pray. God is waiting on you to make that decision. You might be serving in one department or the other. But is your service a lifestyle? Is your service from your heart? At this moment, I want everybody lifting up your hands and making a conscious decision for God. You've heard the word of the Lord. You are a believer, so you believe the word of God. This is God's word, not a man's word. I want you to begin to make necessary adjustments. Everybody, stretch if you want, but start praying. We hope you've been blessed by this message. To be a part of any of our programs or services, visit our website www.petrocc.org for our different locations and service times. We'll be happy to have you join our online community. Follow us on our social media handle on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at Petro Christian Center. You can also reach us via email at correspondent at petrocc.org or call us on 070-173-87222. Petro Christian Center, building Jesus communities globally.